Welcome back to Made in the 80s, a podcast about the 80s by people who were made in the 80s. I'm Shalia, and we have... Tim. And Kendon. Another week. Welcome back. How are you guys doing? I'm warm. It's very warm in this room. <laughs> I'm doing all right. I have some watermelon here that you are welcome to share if you would like. It is straight from the icebox, nice and cold, sweet. I think munching on, on the, the microphone is a no-no. That's true. That's true. You probably shouldn't be actually eating it while we're <laughs> recording. All right. So this week, we are going to see what Tim thinks of Flashdance. Why me? Because yeah, that's what happened last thing. week. Because last week, when I mentioned it, you didn't seem like, yeah, let's do it. So we were we weren't sure how what you were gonna think of it. So we because uh, I'm not excited about it doesn't mean I hate it. I just was like, oh okay, flash dance. Mm. Your first time? No, I've seen it before. Um, uh, and so yes, we will talk about that in a little bit. I'll try to remember to put the timestamp in the show notes. Um, and let's let's get uh, let's get situated though. Let's um, travel back a little bit to the '80s. Get our minds wrapped around the idea. All right, you guys ready for some 80s trivia? I'm ready. In Rayman, Raymond Babbitt goes on a road trip with Charlie, who is what to him? His secret brother. Mm-hmm. Older brother? His brother. Yeah, the options were his brother, his father, or his cousin. Some of these are a little easy. Which animated show starred a group of very bouncy animals with the names Zummy, Gruffy, Grammy, Tummy, Sunny, Cubby, and later Gusto? The Gummy Bears? Adventures of the Gummy Bears. Great theme song, by the way. I say, do you want me to sing that? Sure, do it. Go for it. <laughs> we are the Gummy Bears. Yeah, that's all I'm going to give you. <laughs> Great. Um, okay. What 1960s musical duo buried the hatchet and were feeling groovy when they reunited for a free concert in Central Park in 1981? No idea. It's either Simon and Garfunkel or Hall and Oates. Wow, it's Simon and Garfunkel. Estimated 500,000 people attended. Okay, actress Candace Cameron Bure is the younger sister of what actor? Kurt Cameron. Correct. I did not know that they were what uh, siblings. Oh yeah, I grew up with them as, as young actors. Hmm. I know all about it. All right. In what video game do you play as a guy named Jason who chases his pet frog Fred down a hole in the earth where he finds a tank named Sophia? Never played that. Yeah, can't help with that one. Wow, video games, guys. I assumed you'd know this one. Not 80s games. The answer is Blaster Master. Never played it. Heard of that a million times, but no. Okay, well, have you heard of anything else lately? Anything new? Let's go back to the 20s. Do we have any news? Back to the 20s? Back to the 20s. <laughs> Not prohibition. Um, uh, some quick news. Uh, the classic 80s series, Knight Rider, is getting a feature film with James Wan from Fast and Furious uh, producing. Ooh. Yeah, so James Wan is producing a classic 80s show and adapting it into a future film. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know if they're just going to stick with his origin story or just be a, a guy, Michael Knight and Kit or what, but um, it could be really dope if they if they figured it out. 
I mean, an artificial intelligence controlling a vehicle. I'm gonna, I'm going to predict that the artificial inter- intelligence is like, uh, how do I say, you can move it from vehicle to vehicle. So you put it in a vehicle and it becomes kit. Yeah. So my guess is there'll be a boat or a helicopter or or a motorcycle or something like that involved. Yeah. Oh, I see and, what you're saying. And there's going to be an evil uh, version of kit. Possibly. Like a souped up version. Yeah. I can uh, see both of those things. The first trailer for The Mandalorian Season 2 comes this month. Uh, we'll get our first look at The Mandalorian, which they finished shooting. There's uh, all. What? There's also uh, the Dune trailer this month. There is. We did get a trailer for Judas and the Black Messiah about uh, the killing of Fred Hampton, starring Daniel Kaluuya and Lucy Stanfield. It looks badass, so I'm ready for that. Some, uh, I saw it somewhere, and it was described not only of the killing of Fred Hampton, but the betrayal of Fred Hampton. I was like, ooh. And Daniel looks, he's, from what I saw in that short trailer, like, he's killing it. Yeah. And last but not least, Janelle Monae's weird horror slavery time travel film, Antebellum, is now going to be going straight to video instead of going to theaters. So it'll be on VOD at some point. Um, not sure how soon, but they're skipping the theatrical release and doing a VOD release for that movie. That seems right to me. Seems, um, seems legit. Yeah. Put on VOD, get some coins out of that, and figure next move. I hope that there's some sort of pause on these for these creators who do movies will undoubtedly underperform. Um, I don't know how else you're going to measure success, especially during this. They didn't create this film with the intent of distributing VOD, so the budget looks different, the advertising different. So I hope they're giving these people a pass and letting them cook their next go around. Yeah, I'm sure they will. This is this is different, different times than <laughs> what was expected. Um, some uh, sticking with these kind of trailers. Did you guys see the trailer? I guess you would call it a trailer for Small Axe. No. So Letitia Wright is in it, and um, it's like five short stories, and it's on, I think, Prime Video. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, I, I haven't seen more about it yet, but it looks interesting. So I'm flagging it for you because I think you guys might, might find it interesting as well. Of kindness? Well, it's like this. I can't really see it because of the light, but okay. Yeah. Oh, that's oh. that thing they're doing. Oh yeah, I heard about that. It's got um John Boyega's in it. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like a collection of five. And yeah, yeah I heard about yeah. this. Uh, what's the name doing it? It was is is it Steve McQueen? Yes, I think so. Steve McQueen. I think that's yeah. right. Yeah, it should be dope. He's a he's a fan, fabulous director. He did Twelve Years a Slave. He did one of my favorite films, um, the one where the dude's a sex addict, with Michael Fassbender. I'm spacing. You guys never seen that movie? No, <laughs> I I thought you were talking about Don Juan. No, God no. I mean Don Juan was entertaining, um, but no, it was NC-17, so it didn't have a long run in the theaters. Obviously, because theaters don't want to carry those movies. It was only NC-17 because it had a 
straight up like full frontal nude scene with Fazbender at the beginning. It was called Shame. Hmm. I don't remember hearing about this. And McQueen also did Widows, which was un- very underrated. So he's got he's got a good a good streak going. But no, Shame is if you can catch Shame, I don't know if it's streaming somewhere. Shame is is fantastic. Okay. Let's put that on the list. Yeah. Oh, Widows. Yep, he did Widows. Underrated film. Widows was fun. I think I watched it on a plane and found it entertaining. Another identical masterpiece in Widows playing that gangster. It's good. Yeah. I'm just seeing that, that the name of this movie Shalia was talking about is Small Axe with an A-X-E. Yeah. Yes. yes. I thought it was acts, like small acts of kindness. All right. So I'm going to just read the little synopsis. It says, Small Axe is an upcoming British-American anthology series created and directed by Steve McQueen. It is set to premiere on BBC One and Amazon Prime Video. The first three episodes will open the 58th New York Film Festival on September 25th. Gotcha. Yeah. But yes, John Boyega and Letitia Wright. Makes me happy. Be good. Mm-hmm. Um, any other news that you guys wanted to mention this week? Yeah, for me. Um, the only update for me is that um, I saw and my feed came up. Uh, so there's these things called Lego ideas, which people have probably heard of. Um, actually, recently they came out with a NES set, which is really cool. It includes an old school TV and the, the NES and the controllers. Um, but that whole process involves somebody creates, a, creates an idea and then that goes up on their website and it needs a certain amount of votes of supporters before the, it gets considered to become a set. Mm-hmm. And there was a really great one for uh, the Princess Bride. So I went on and I voted. I gave it a vote. Shalia gave it a vote. I'm sure Tim gave it a vote. Isn't that right? That's on my list of things to do. I did. You, have to, you have to create an account. <laughs> that was what slowed me down. Well, I'm really hoping. Because uh, the, the set would include um, the Man in Black slash Wesley slash the Dread Pirate Roberts. Uh, Princess Buttercup, um, Vicini, and um, why am I losing uh, Andre the Giant's name? Fez, Fezic, yeah, and Inigo Montoya. And it looks, it takes place up on that cliff. Um, the Cliffs of Insanity, yeah. right above it. Which is funny because that's kind of what I was making like a dune cave um, Lego scene in our living room, and it looks a lot like the Cliffs of Insanity, <laughs> I thought. I was like, hey, those are kind of some of the things I was doing. Um, um, one other piece of news that, Tim, I think you shared with us, and that is Captain Marvel 2 might have a new director. It does have a new director. Yeah, and who is that? Um, Nia DaCosta. She is doing, uh, I mean, we should have seen it already, but Candyman, the new Candyman reboot. She's also done episodes of Top Boy. Uh, you guys ever seen Top Boy before? Mm-mm. The British sort of crime show, um, it's based in like London, like drug dealers. But she did a couple episodes of that, and she also did Little Woods, this sort of indie film with Tessa Thompson last year. She's a good director, and they tapped into her. Um, it's what they've been doing, sort of catching these young directors and getting them. And I like it. I like her for it. She's good. I think it'll be great. Everyone who directed, who directed the first one. I forgot who directed the first one. I have no idea who directed the first one. But Nia, Nia's great, man. She, she's talented. 
Yeah, I think that's pretty good news. Yeah, it'll be good. All right. Well, what have you guys been up to? Um, it hasn't been a full week since we last uh, chatted, but I'm sure some stuff has been happening. What can you share? Oh, I watched What to Expect When You're Expecting for the First Time. <laughs> this is so funny. It's such a romantic. <laughs> it's, it's like this ensemble cast with like J-Lo and Chris Rock is in it and Cameron Diaz and this whole... If I can be honest, what I did appreciate was everyone's pregnancy experience was different. Mm -hmm. So you're watching these women all having different experiences with their pregnancies uh, and trying to work their way through it. And you're watching them. The men are kind of like there for whatever, but like you watch these women go through it. And it was really kind of interesting to see that they put that in the film, that everyone, even the deliveries were all different. Uh, so I like that. But it was funny. It was entertaining. I wasn't bored at all. Yeah, definitely not a boring movie. Not sure. Yeah, I watched that for the first time. Anything else? That's all I got. I haven't really. I mean, I'm waiting for Lovercraft Country to start next week, the new HBO show. Uh, I'm waiting for that. That's next Sunday. That's a week from today. That's it. There's really nothing else on the horizon. I'm watching a bunch of NBA basketball since the basketball's back and the bubble's going. So I'm watching a lot of bubble ball and chilling. Like it's been, it's been. <laughs> Wait, what's bubble ball? The NBA, play, they're playing in a bubble. Like, oh, 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 magic. So it's all call it bubble ball. But yeah, it's been fun. <laughs> Very cool. Kendon, what about you? What are you up to? Um, well, I had another D and D night. That was fun. Actually, I wasn't able to make it because she was camping mm -hmm. for somebody's special birthday. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's a lot of fun. Remains. I'm actually looking forward to the next time. The time actually kind of flies. Um. Seven Deadly Sins season two, or no, what am I talking about? Season four came out. I watched the first couple of uh, episodes. Um, it's as crazy as before. So, but I wanted to finish Full Metal, Full Metal Alchemist before I really dig into that um, new season of Sins. So I'm putting that on the back burner. And then last week I mentioned that I downloaded um, a book or an audio book called uh, The Sandman which is based on for a long running, well, not that long. It was like a limited series, I guess, like five, seven or five to six years done by Neil Gaiman. And it's about um, what they call the Eternals. So one of the Eternals include, like, would include, say, death and destiny. One of them is Dreams, also known as Morpheus or the Sandman. So the person who's involved, who's, not he's not a person, but like uh, the entity that's responsible for dreams and inspiration and things like that. And he gets captured by some, how do you say, like some magicians, basically, like cultists. Um, and the world has to deal for 70 years without um, the, the embodiment of dreams. And it has a whole lot of uh, negative impacts. Um, but it takes, it's a DC comic. So it takes place in the DC world, which is interesting because as as I was listening, it's like, oh, I'm going to have to interact with the Justice League at some point. But it's a very, very different sort of uh, tone and feeling than uh, your average DC comic. So that's what I'm up to. Um, and so far with Seven Deadly Sins, going back to them, the thing that I don't like about it is not really happening yet, right? Like the relationship between um, Meliodas and what's-her-face? Elizabeth, all the... Like... <laughs> Yeah. All the inappropriate um, grabbing and stuff. Yeah. yeah. 
so that that's cool. Hopefully they just kind of continue on that route and then I'll be able to be back in the show. Stick that's, with the the, only, that's the only issue I have at the show. Yeah, they need to stick with the action and the story and the, that other stuff is, is unnecessary distraction. Yeah. So I like this idea of you kind of pre-screening a little bit and then I get to jump in. Um, so yep, everything Kenan's been doing except for Sandman, I have been doing too. Uh, you'll probably get to Sandman since it's on our Audible account. Probably. I'm still working my way through the Harry Dresden books. I'm still on Death Masks. Um, I don't know where it's going, but it's kind of weird. I said not long ago how I thought it would be interesting to have a book um, with that series based on COVID and quarantine. Because um, there's, I mean, it's basically plague is what they're talking about. Somebody trying to spread out of airports. Um in Chicago <laughs> and then going to another one that was in within driving distance. Anyway, uh, so doing that, yes, it's Kaya's birthday. She's five, so that's really exciting. Um, I don't think we'd mentioned to you, Tim, but she's had some health issues recently. And so um, I don't know, everything's just a, during quarantine plus just that, everything's just a bit more heightened. And so it's just, you know, being able to focus on the fun and happy is nice. And she's really enjoying all of her presents and playing with them and it's fun um so that that was exciting and then i did watch a documentary i'm assuming it's on netflix but i'm not sure um and it was about huh would you watch it it was just on (laughs) on your tv (laughs) yeah it was was on my tv like that that's kind of what happens with my life sometimes yeah no it was on my tv um and it was about bourbon and so i learned that like bourbon is whiskey but it is made out of corn, always, yeah. 100%, which means it must be gluten-free. So bourbon, you can almost, ever, anytime you can want bourbon, you can have bourbon, babe. Do you know the name yeah. of the documentary? No. Yeah. Bourbon. But it, had, it had some famous actors, right? They had, okay, so you know how they have like the most interesting man in the world commercials? There was like kind of a set a scene like that where this guy sits in a chair and he's got like his bow tie undone and he's like the history of bourbon or the first bourbon came from and he like right. it describes it and he's famous um but I forget his name. Okay. Uh, but yeah, no it was a documentary. It was interesting. I didn't know that bourbon was made from corn always. Um but there's that song like rain makes corn, corn makes whiskey. Frisky makes the ladies get a little frisky. Never heard. Rain is a good thing. Shalia quotes that a lot. I do. I do. Corn makes whiskey. Um, It turns out specific kind of whiskey, bourbon. Mm -hmm. Well, there's other rules about it too that I didn't know. But anyway, that was kind of fun. Um, Yeah. You guys, that's it for me, really. I haven't been doing a whole lot. You guys want to get into dancing? Let's get into flash dance. Flash dance? Her name is Alex. She works in a man's world. She dances in a world of her dreams. Flash dance. Jennifer Beals. So remember how I was saying how we hadn't had um movies that are starring black act or actors of color not even just black actors but actors of color um so jennifer beals is a main character in lie to me 
Um, she is the ex-wife of the main character, Dr. Lightman, mm-hmm. and she's a lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. And so there is an episode where she was talking to a, one of her former law school classmates and like alleging he was sort of racist and was like, she's like, remember, I remember in law school when you made fun of me or you said something, something about me having a black parent. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> and turns out she's half black. And I did not know that. Um, and so then I got, it, I was like, because she's such a famous face and eighties icon. And, um, I mean, I don't know, like there's a, a podcast, black men can't jump in Hollywood and they review movies with like, um, you know, mostly black, but any real actors of color who are leading movies. And then they have this vote of like, whether it helped the cause or not. And like, I don't know that this helped the cause. Cause I would, I would never have guessed, um, that she was even mixed. Um, but it's still, it was, it was fun to learn. <laughs> I was really surprised to see that. And so, um, and also Flashdance is, I think it's just like a quintessential eighties movie. Like it, 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 so yeah, anyway, we, I knew we needed to do a, a flash dance at some point and learning that about Jennifer Beals made me, um, really interested. And so that's why I wanted to do it. Okay. Yeah. And Kenan, you didn't know she was black. Did you, you were surprised. I was surprised. You were like, it was like watching the movie. You were what, what, there was like a scene where you were like, she said, said she could be kind of ethnic. I think I said something along the lines of, what did I say? Maybe this is a little problematic, but I think I like her because she looks a little ethnic or something like that. <laughs> it's like, exactly. Because she is just... And I had never known. Yeah. So, makes me happy. Um, but, Tim, do you mind telling us who else is in this movie aside from Jennifer Reels? So Jennifer Reels is, is in the leading role. It is directed by Adrian Lynn, L-Y-N-E, who also directed Indecent Proposal, Jacob's Ladder, Fatal Attraction, Unfaithful. He's got a, a string of, of crazy movies. He did Nine and a Half Weeks. Um, written by Thomas Headley. Uh, and it stars Jennifer Beals. Michael Norrie. Was he like a hunk? Was he like some like heartthrob back then? I don't know. We had a discussion about that. Yeah. Uh, Leela Scala, Sonny Johnson, Kyle T. Hefner, Lee Ving, Ron Carabasto and Belinda Bauer star in this film. So Shalila, you want to tell us what this film is about? Yes, this film is about nothing. This, <laughs> this film is about a, I think she's 18 in the movie. Um, and it's an 18 year old and friends who are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives. And mm-hmm. She likes dancing. She has another friend who um, wants to be a comedian, another who wants to <laughs> go into the ice capades. Um, and yes. yeah, so they're, they're, you know, they're at that age. They've been on their own for a little while trying to make it work. Um, and now they're kind of at the point of basically shit or get off the pot. Like, what are we going to do next? Um, and so for this main character, Alex, she has two jobs. She works at a steel mill. She's a welder at a steel mill. This takes place in Chicago. I mean, Detroit. Sorry, Detroit. I know. Very, very random, it feels like. She's a welder. 
and well. why not? I like I used to do um it's not the same thing at all, but I used to do uh in art class they had like the stained glass and you had to melt you had to use like that the 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 metal to melt in between the plates of glass to hold them and I was like welding ish and I was like this is it was like one of my favorite parts about it was like trying to lay that um like even and anyway I'm, I don't want to question yeah, why not but this is what she's allegedly doing in this film is way different welding yeah there's there's a lot of interesting questionable things about her character that I think we should chat about <laughs> okay well, she's we will, a we will. so she's a welder by day um and then by night she dances at a bar I don't I don't know you guys probably have more uh information on this than I do I don't know if she's dancing at a bar or if she's a she's not a stripper she's not a fully nude stripper Mm-mm. I mean there's no there's no tips involved or lap dances or any of that I I, I suspect that the, it doesn't seem like anybody's paying to get into this bar mm-hmm. right so it just seems like it's the entertainment yeah so I, I don't know what to call her a dancer right by night um and then, so this movie, there's that's her life, but the movie takes a long time of just telling us what's up with her life. It's like we're just following her around. Um, she goes and visits an old lady who is her mentor who used to be a ballerina. We see her go do her laundry, hang out with her friends, <laughs> work out. Um, and, and so we just kind of get a picture of this, you know, teeny or young adult um, life in the 80s. Uh, at... <laughs> At the same time, we get to see her through the eyes of her creepy boss who doesn't know that she works for him until he sees her dancing in the bar and then starts to try to like hit on her and date her and go out with her. Um, Protects her from like an attack at some point, which uh, we can talk about, but uh, then follows her home. Yeah, because he follows her home. Follows her home. Fires her so that she there's no issue with her dating the boss. Anyway, uh, so you got that guy who's just interested in her, and I think, I think the idea is that this she's a, a, an intriguing, compelling young woman, right? She's fun and different, and um, yeah. So there's a romance going on um, there, and she basically wants to go to dance school she wants to be a dancer that's what she really wants to do but she's scared to try she's scared to fail and she doesn't Mm -hmm. think she quite fits in um and so the end of the movie is her finally going and applying to get into dance school and that is where it ends which is so interesting to me being 36 and being like going to school is just the beginning like this whole like the the movie ends like happily ever after because she got into school and i'm like that's yeah. doesn't seem like happily ever after point for me so I thought that was that was kind of funny but um yeah that's the end like it's basically like her hanging out and then applying to school and getting in um and that's Wait, the end do of the we movie. know that she got in yeah she gets in I mean the way she's running it seems no, like and they're reacting well, I didn't I didn't know how long it takes before they told you you're in she's doing a performance she has to do a performance to get into this dance school but they tell you right away then. 
apparently. Who knows? But she's happy. It looks like she got in. Like, we yeah. don't know. You're right. They didn't tell us. Well, because to me, I interpreted the happy ending as she finally decided to chase something that she was passionate about. Nah, they're not yeah. too deep for 1980s. She got in. They're not doing <laughs> that. Like, now they would do that? Like, nah, they're not doing that. They're like, she got in because he's got roses and he's happy to see her. And they, they, they end on that stupid freeze frame of her handing him a rose. <laughs> The beginning of this film is the iconic water performance that I somehow assumed was later in the film. Cause she comes out in the zoot suit dancing like Cab Calloway. I'm like, okay, what is this? And then she sort of undresses and she does the whole water thing. And I was like, oh, this is, it opens with this scene? Mm-hmm. Well, I did even open with it. I thought it was like later on in the film. But it so, opens with a very risque dance sequence at this bar. So yeah, so that is, um... So I told you kind of the like plot, Mm -hmm. but this movie is one, a compilation. I shouldn't say one. It is a compilation of a whole bunch of music videos. Like that's what this is. It is coming out two years after MTV started, you know, the 80s, they're loving music videos. Mm -hmm. That is what this movie is. It's just one music video after another. That's the breakdance scene in the alley. That's a music video. Like working out. Working out the ice, the ice skating thing is a music video. The television uh, dance with all of the flashing lights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, each one of her performances is the workout. Okay, the workout. The scene when they work out is one hundred percent. It's shot like a music video. Like all these uptight clothes, it, it looks so artificial. I'm like, are they really working? Is this like a commercial they're doing? Well, are they a shoot, but no, they're working out. It's like a two for one too, because it's an '80s montage at the same time as it's a music video. And as I was watching, I said, "Shalia, is there a real wall to this place?" Because it was, it was clearly like that bright kind of lit sort yeah. of wall that, that you would never see in a regular room. <laughs> in a regular gym. <laughs> was it lit? <laughs> it was. There's a lot of those moments in this film that feel very much like we're just going to try to put these pieces together and then string together a movie somehow about this woman who wants to be a dancer. We're going to ignore the fact she's 18 and she's a welder. We're going to ignore the fact that her boss was like... (laughs) We're going to ignore the fact that like there's an almost rape scene and he lets her go home by herself. Are you okay? Yes. She says, I got a ride. Hops on her bike. I'm like, she was just nearly assaulted. We're going to ignore the fact that like the the guy stand-up is super like riddled with like Polish jokes. Like that's his whole set. It's like... You want to hear another Polish joke? And everyone in the bar thinks it's hilarious. So real quick, I did, I was wondering if he was Polish. I, I was wondering if that was making it better. I doubt it. You don't think he was? I don't think so. I think that was just popular joke at the start, yeah. type of joke at the time. It's funny. It's like yeah. in Hawaii, we talk about Portuguese, right? Like, you, yeah, you, a you talk about what? <laughs> Portuguese. And like. She's, she's saying Portuguese. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so they're like, jokes in Hawaii. Yeah, like that's that's, and I remember coming up here and people were like, "Oh yeah, I guess that's like here that would be a Polish joke." I'm like, "Oh okay." Um, so you can like insert, I guess, or blonde joke, sort of maybe I don't know. When's the last um, time you heard a blonde joke? It's been a while, but um. I haven't heard a Polish joke in a while either, or put a good joke. Like well, the thing is, on, on uh, last podcast on the left, um, Zabrowski, I forgot his name, um, first name, um, he's Polish, so he makes not like stand-up Polish jokes, but 
a lot of cracks on Polish people. Um, well, so in terms of like how you're talking about the movie being like a whole bunch of clips like put together, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the things you've, you guys, you've said, I think are kind of funny because so Adrian Lin was the director mm -hmm. and he, this was like one of his biggest like first films. Mm -hmm. Before this, it was movie or it was television commercials. So that kind of makes sense if he's like building from making commercials mm -hmm. that this is how it ended up cutting together. And then according to Wikipedia, this, the way that they did these actually influenced Footloose, Purple Rain, and Top Gun, which music, all came out in the next couple of I years. I mean, Purple Rain is several music videos tied together with some story. It, it's so. actual music videos. <laughs> there were actually printed music videos. So yep. Tim, I wanted to comment on that, that water scene because this, is to, this tells me that I've gotten older and look at things different because when that water dropped on her, I was like, oh, this is a safety hazard. Yeah. <laughs> like all of a sudden she was dancing on the water and I was like, oh, no, no, don't fall. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you were thinking. So I thought like it looked like it might hurt the way it was like falling. I was like, does that hurt her? Because it wasn't like falling lightly. Like yeah. it was like a big, yeah. a, it would sting a little, I think maybe all that water. She's a performer. She's good for her. And no one even was what type of go ahead by that. They weren't like, wow. They were like, oh, mm -hmm. here she goes again. <laughs> like, yeah. care. Well, here's here's the other thing, right? So this bar is not charging cover. I assume maybe they charge a little bit more for the drinks, but like the cleanup crew, right? <laughs> There's like glitter and water and all this other stuff everywhere. Um, you can just imagine that's a whole pain to to reset the stage every time. If you've ever been to a gentleman's club, they have to clean the stage. Like I've seen that happen. Like you never see it in a music video, but in real life, when someone's got money and glitter and whatever, like someone comes on stage and cleans the stage for the next performer. That's the thing that happens. So I imagine coming up after her, her little Aquaman routine. Yeah, I'd be pissed. I'd clean up water every night because you. How do how do you get it? Is it a bucket? Like how is she doing it? Yeah, I think it's a bucket. I think it's a bucket up there. They they. Ooh. I mean, okay, hold on, though, really, because it's not like plays, like stage plays, they don't have props like that sometimes. They, like, they make it work. They figure it out. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I mean, with plays, yeah, well, with plays, it's expected, right? Like, they have a whole setup. Um, I just imagine this is kind of, it seems like kind of a grimy bar, so they just yeah. have, like, a janitor or something, but I just, I'm thinking about how irritated, you know, what? it reminds me of, um, we've talked about community the uh the 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 sitcom that i really like where they just have like wild things happen like the paintball tournament that happens yeah. or they change the, they turn the entire school into a a pillow fort or something like that and it's like the janitorial staff is constantly irritated with the student body for doing all these crazy things because they have to clean up after it every year and, and does another dancer show up with like a catcher's mask on mm -hmm. that was weird it's, it's, a, it's wild. This, this is a wild thing that she's involved in. Actually, here's a question. Was it a different dancer? Because with the TV one, um, the, the face is painted like all white or whatever. And Shalia was like, because I was like, can, can Jennifer Beals, can she dance like this? And Shalia was like, no, she has like four body doubles, right? So now I'm wondering how many of those dancers, like was the mask another supposed to be another body double? No, that one was Tina. Oh, okay. That was, I mean, you see her take the mask off and it was her friend. Oh, uh, I forgot then. 
but yeah it was because of that it was a little bit difficult to know which one was like on some of those dances like is this supposed to be alex or not like the tv one is a it's a good example of it but i'm pretty sure like her hair was her hair like most i don't think anybody else who was dancing at the uh, at that bar had the same haircut or curls as her in that way so that's kind of how I was like, I think this is supposed to be her, but you're right. It wasn't completely obvious. And it was really funny, right? Like the audition, the, like the big audition scene, like that wig is not her hair. <laughs> and it's really hard to like, it's one of those like willing disbelief, right? Like, oh, and then like you see her running out and like her actual hair. I'm like, yeah, that's her hair. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're wearing inside. <laughs> and this movie is like, it's, it's supposed to be really sexy. Like that's the vibe I got while watching it. All of her outfits, the the routine at the end, like all of it is supposed to be like this very sexy like movie, but it just it never really catches hold for me. And she's is a it, young woman. It just never. I, I kept looking away when the dancing started. So do you guys? I, this is my question for you: Is um, <laughs> who is this movie for? Because I kind of think it's for me. For I me. think it's for young people. I. I don't know if it's for guys. I mean, maybe. No, no, it's for, but, I mean, a, a guy under 25, maybe. Um, and girl, I, I think women who want to look, who who want to look at a woman who's really good at something, you know, to kind of right. emulate. Like, this seems like a date movie, for sure. But it's shot with such a male gaze that it's, it's... so, did you guys see Hustlers last year? Never saw it, sorry. It's similar to this, opens with J-Lo and this amazing dance sequence, but Hustlers is directed by a woman. And imagine this, Hustlers, they do all these strip club scenes, they do scenes in the champagne room, but it never feels like they're lingering on these women's bodies too long, right? It never, it's not that extra level of like eyeballs that you see in these men films. When you watch this, like even the workout stuff, even her final performance, it, it, it's a little too much leering with the camera that it's like, oh, this is a dude who shot this and thinks that, like, guys will find this sexy and they'll want to see Jennifer Beale looking sexy. That's the water. That's not, none of it makes sense. It's not, none of it's practical. It's just meant to elicit a response. I was just much more interested in, her, interested in like, her face. Yeah, yeah no, I, I found her beautiful, and it was, like, she had fun energy and stuff like that. But, yeah, all of, like, the rolling around and stuff like that, but I just think we've grown up in a different time and been exposed to, to other stuff. So this seems tame, a, a tame much to more me. Interesting character. If they do this movie now, she's much more interesting, and she's not working at a steel mill. Like, okay, so let's talk about let's talk Why about that. Not? I thought that was I was like that's what I liked about her. Well, so the steel <laughs> mill thing. So so how do, how does this come about? Okay, so she wants to be a dancer. She's eighteen, so yeah. she she can't have been out of high school for that long. The parents are absent. So imagine this young woman comes out. Like, I can imagine an 18-year-old woman who wants to work in welding. She's interested in that. But right. this is a creative, a creative young person who wants right. to be a dancer and all this stuff. So right out of high school, she's like, it's, did she say, I need to support my hobby of dancing? And the first thing I thought of is a steel mill? Or like, because there are so many more options that you would expect. Okay. Yeah. This is time where I interject for you guys and say, this movie you probably don't know is after a real woman. Do you know that? No? no. So this flash dance is inspired by Maureen Martyr. She was a construction worker welder 
um, by day and dancer by night in Toronto and a Toronto strip club. So it's the question is, sure, is how old but, is she? How old is she? Is the question? Yeah, it's not that she's a, it's not that she's that's her job. It's that she's eighteen and that's her job. It's that she walked out of prom <laughs> and applied for a steel mill job. I see. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing: you could be doing that job in high school too, depending Listen, on. There are like, plenty of women who are essential workers who do who do all kind of stuff in their day to day. Yeah. And go out and perform and dance at night for various reasons. Yeah. That, well. That's not the thing that's, that's odd to me. The odd to me is she's 18 years old. She'd be like a waitress. So, Shalia, you said she could be doing this before, but I, I feel like if any job says we do not hire minors, it's got to be something like welders. So I, I feel like them hiring a 16-year-old high school girl to weld in a place like this With a makes bunch even of less sense. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Where, where the boss, I mean, the boss is already twice her age and is very like wants to get her at that point. I mean, he's supposed to be like a stand-up guy, I guess, but you don't imagine that that place is full of stand-up guys. So that also seems questionable to me. But she's charming. She that, that only her. makes it worse. Yeah, um, they'll hire her. I, I, I'd imagine that there's a lot of uh, workplace complaints for harassment at that, uh, that establishment. I don't think they, that existed back then is my guess. Cause that's the other part. Like a lot of what's happening here. I'm like, that doesn't happen now or it better not. Um, so, just for like, clarity. you know, the, they went out for like the, the opening is, um, the boss and like what the foreman or someone. Mm -hmm. And like, he's like, I'll buy you a drink. And then you go to this bar and like, <laughs> That's the guy knows that she works there and dances up there and like is like oh yeah i can i'm gonna recite to you her social security number like the whole thing is workplace and like employment discrimination issues here going for, on. for clarity it's not that i don't think uh 18 year old high school graduate um woman could go and would go and become a welder i don't buy this particular one like the, her whole setup does not does not add up as an equation no not at all isn't that supposed to be part of the fun of her no no like you go into her house and it's like there's no actual bedroom it's just the old warehouse like that's i felt like that's why she's intriguing well i super appreciate that you you clarified that this was inspired by something in real life otherwise the idea that she's working at the steel mill also seems both it seems irrelevant and unlikely, right? That and so it's because nothing, no real plot point revolves around the fact that she works at a steel mill. It could be any workplace. It's kind of it's kind of just a um, a place for her to meet her love interest. That's the only real reason it even exists. But I will add in that okay. So this had a great opening. I feel like the the title credits opening was really great, really of the times. Um, and I feel like there was a lot of, um, how do I say, appreciation for the working class in a lot of the movies that we've seen, and also for just industrial work. And maybe because industrial work was either dying or being uh, outsourced or, or whatever, um, but it was this, this definitely had a feeling of, we make things, we do things. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is Terminator. Um, yeah. but I feel like there's a lot of that sort of imagery in 80s movies that we don't really get as much anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it felt like it was a part of the time, right? 
Yeah, I liked it. I liked that that's her job. Like it made her different. I, 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 that was appealing to me. Like that looks fun. Yeah, why not? Why can't you do that job? That looks fun to you working at a steel mill? Her job did, yeah. I feel like your hands would look awful. I guess they have they have gloves, I guess, but still. Uh, stink all day, sweating and grease and ugh. Yeah, your hair does not look like that after that. Because she didn't tie her hair up or anything. No. She pulled off that mask and just shook her hair out like a music video. <laughs> <laughs> her, her, her makeup looked all on point. Like, and then she gives her smile. Yeah. She's so pretty. She's gorgeous. Uh, one. Um, She's my 80s crush. One theory is that she they decided they had it down to three actors for this movie and they went to a construction site with their pictures and said who who would you cat call the most yeah um, who would and, you cat call the most and she shalia she, didn't say what question did not finish yeah, her question no, but tim it, asked yeah. the correct question that is exactly what they were looking for and one of them was demi Moore. i don't know the other person um but yeah so yeah she's beautiful there's really even more doing that and she hasn't aged. That's the other, like, especially now only, only what, within the last month learning that she's black. It's like the whole black don't crack. Uh, it all makes sense term to you. Makes complete sense to me when it comes to her. Like, Can we talk about, okay, so two scenes are funny to me, unintentionally. When she leaves the first time she goes to show up, when they're asking her what her experience is, she sort of just runs away. It seems ridiculous. Like, you're already there. <laughs> during the final performance when she starts breakdancing mm-hmm. I laughed out loud I loved it it's she great starts, she, she, starts, she starts doing a backspin I was like what is going on that's, that's but the they point. set it up they set it up at least mm-hmm. right? they set it up early on in the movie she's watching she's stealing black culture and watching these people do it not like, stealing she is black it's, but it, it is not her of her culture is it not are you sure if, so what we deposit from her in the movie that she's not this is all new to her as she's watching it i didn't quite get that and i did have a question tim and i wanted to know if you got this too it does it seem like this is a hollywood version of her passing because you never 100%. see her parents and 100%. you think so yeah 100 percent. they never identify with her race she just looks very racially ambiguous she could be tan she could be whatever they never identify with her race at all it's never it never comes up it's never nothing I thought she was white. Like I, I never ever even considered her being mixed with anything. She's yeah. shocked. A, a white role, a role that's probably most likely written for a white woman. Like you said, it was Demi Moore, somebody else, and and then her. But then the other thing is, she has a friend who's black, black because she makes sure to use the word honky. <laughs> yeah, her one friend. <laughs> yeah. So, but they don't they don't act like there's any connection between them on a cultural <laughs> level. That's how they wrote black women back then. Like her, her friend character, that, if she identifies black, that's how they would write her. I don't know if that woman speaks like that, but that's how they would write her to, to talk with this sort of Ebonics accent kind of thing. Like that's what her friend does the whole time. She'd be sassy. Yeah, she gets to be the sassy black friend. If, if they identified Alex as being black, it's a whole different experience working at the bar, working, working at the steel mill, trying to get into the class, there's a whole different layer of like issues she's gonna have, so they just don't acknowledge it at all. And she just is. yeah. This was also not the dim- the, the for that. target demographic of who's gonna watch the movie, right? One hundred percent, right? And and who's gonna find her attractive or see or try to see themselves in this role, right? Can young women see themselves as Alex? 
do men find them attractive, right? Despite no, in real life, like that's how they're looking at this character in the film. Which is so funny to me because I think that's why it works. Like, so they 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 would have cast it a different direction, and yet the what they did, they picked somebody who, yes, I absolutely can identify with her. Like, um, and I think she's so pretty, and I think you guys like she is attractive. And and then what's what's funny to me is just like in terms of being an 80s icon, I just, I think she is. I mean, that that sweatshirt, her cutting, she, so the the sweatshirt, um, she wears it in her, uh, on their first date when they get home, right, to eat pizza, but it's also on the uh, movie poster. Like, that's just her sweatshirt. She just cut that because um, it, uh, um, it had shrunk in the laundry and she needed to get her head through it, so she just cut out the neck, like, that's just the actors. That's just hers. Um, and I just think in terms of trend setting and fashion setting and like, I just, it's so interesting to me to have someone like this be setting what, what's going to come in the eighties um, without necessarily knowing that like, I don't know. How long, how long do you think this movie, like what time period, how long does this take? From when we meet her to when she gets into the school, I think that's less than a year. Maybe nine months. Yeah, I mean, so you've got the, you've got the friend. Okay, so it's it's released in April of nineteen eighty three. So my guess is it's supposed to kind of be around the time that it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have Halloween happen. Yeah. Um, and then her, her friend, uh, mentor dies. Mm-hmm. And so my guess is like, she's, a, she's auditioning for the next year. For next fall. Mm-hmm. So she's probably, it's probably in, but it's not snowing outside and he has red roses. And it's, it's, it's Chicago. It's Chicago. And it's Chicago. So it will be snowing whenever winter. Is. Yeah. So it's not like it's December. Um, no, it's Detroit. It's Detroit. I keep saying Chicago, but it's Wait, I thought Detroit. it was Chicago. It's Detroit. It's Detroit because they are like the Steelers. Um, yeah, he, he makes a Steelers joke. Yeah. And well, it's still snow. snowing in yeah. Detroit, right? It's definitely sick. So that makes me think maybe it's a year. It's like the next April. Okay. I was trying yeah. to grapple on the time thing because, like, I know that one scene, like, it's snowing and then like, the next scene is like pouring rain hmm. with snow on the ground. And I was like, okay, what's well, all right? This is how long is, what are we, where are we at? Are we years? Is it six months? But yeah yeah wow okay can we ask i want to ask you guys about this um at the end of the night parking lot scene so this guy i forget his name but he's introduced to us in outside of his own club zanzibar where Mm -hmm. he's trying to get them to come dance and it's like girls naked all the time right so different type of environment than where they currently dance um or work her friend doesn't dance but she's this johnny c Maybe that sounds like a yeah, good thing. That's him. Um, so I'm listening. Go introduced, ahead. you know, introduced to him, uh, trying to get them to come dance for him, and kind of them. What is that called? Just like shooting the shit or whatever. Then he's at the bar and kind of razzes on Richie while he's up on stage, and she calls him out and pours water on him. Beer. Beer. So, but like, again, it seems like it's all good fun. And then that end of that night, he's waiting in the parking lot for them. And he starts grabbing on her and he keeps saying like, come on, we're going to go meet so-and-so. 
what was happening there? Uh, trying to rape her. I felt like he was more trying to drag her to a bar and get her drunk. Like, I didn't think she was, he was going to take her into the alley. No, he was going to take her somewhere and assault her, I thought. I, I, it doesn't fit with his character. Like, he ends up dating the friend and there's no issue with that. Like, it seemed, it seemed like he thought he was going to convince her to just come with him. And that's why, like, when the other guy punches Richie, it's like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Like, we weren't going to actually, like, go that far. But then also, like, maybe they were. I, I, that whole thing confused me. I lean closer to your explanation, Shalia, but I think we should think of him more as a plot device because yeah. he's there to make um, Nick look good and give him a chance to be the knight in shining armor role. Despite the fact that he lets her bike home. <laughs> <laughs> well, he doesn't because he follows her all the way home. He follows her. Get in the car. Yeah. So that's interesting, right? Because, yeah, Kendon was like, I feel bad. I don't want to say anything about her agency right now, but I'm not really thinking biking home right now is, is, is advisable. And I, I thought that was an interesting response. And I, that's clearly what you got too, Tim, because I was like, she has a ride home. Leave her alone. Like, why is he following her? Um, I didn't like that he was like creeping behind her that whole time all like following her all the way home um he also looked really silly like that car he was too big for that car like he's yeah. standing <laughs> in the car it's like at his waist it's like this doesn't look sexy this looks this looks like something else it doesn't look good to me did he go from at one point having a uh what do you call it like a, a significant six o'clock shadow is it six o'clock shadow five o'clock shadow to being clean shaven i remember like i was like oh man this guy, okay this is what this guy looks like and a couple of scenes later it was gone and that was jarring to me for some reason mm. um well because he has like thick hair right so it it is probably pretty significant when it's there or not Julia, did, did you find this guy attractive when you were watching this film for the first time were you like oh i see it i get why people are into him no so i can't remember when i first saw this i was pre-teens um okay. and he was old he was an old guy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I never understood why she'd be into this old guy. Um, I think it's more because out, of the way but... he treats her. Yeah. I think it's supposed to be like that. He supports her dreams. He's yeah. like, he's not the rapey guy. Pushing her to be better and challenging her in ways she hasn't been challenged before. I don't think it lasts. How, okay. I mean, how much older do we think he is than her? The actor's 20 years older, right? The actor itself, but the character. How much older are we thinking he is? He's 15, 15 to 20 years. So there was a joke at the ice capades when the friend's trying out, right? And the Rishi is like, yeah, I hear they, they liked breaking noses back in the 50s. And then he's like 80 or 60s. <laughs> so he's about 15 to 20 years older than her. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. This movie's creepy. Um, and then you got the ex-wife, which is interesting. Again, I don't remember any of this. I, I don't remember even really watching this movie, honestly. Like, the music, I think, is what carries this movie through. Um, so watching it this time, and I don't know the last time I've seen it, um, I'm like, whoa, like, I kind of feel for this ex-wife. Like, for some reason, she wants him to take her to this benefit every year. Um, and he, when he's talking about the relationship, he left her. Like, he decided not to stay in that relationship. So he dumped her um, after he kind of used her status and <laughs> made it um and now he's dating an 18 year old 
Um, yeah, he is. And so I'm just like, I. Which comes into play because she throws a rock through his window at some point. <laughs> and they have this confrontation on the work site. And he's like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And I said, it's because you're dating an 18 year old. <laughs> like, this is all the explanation you need. She's yeah, she's 18. an 18-year-old girl through a rock through a window. Of course she did. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't ask questions. She didn't think it through. Like, but, oh, another woman? Where's the rock? Yeah. And I said, what did I say, Shalia? I was like, oh, it's his sister. But, you know, it's his, it turned out to be his ex-wife. But it was just like, this is obvious. Yeah. Because this guy, he has to be, how do I say? He has to be right in all these different ways, right? Because he doesn't have any major flaws. Yeah. Which so Kenan did keep looking for the, like the drama in this movie, and so that that happened. But then it resolves pretty quick. And then after she actually picks up the application and he follows into the school and is like, "What was she doing?" And then he calls in the favor. Kenan's like, "Oh, is that going to be the conflict?" You remember asking? Yeah. That? <laughs> like, no, that's not going to be the conflict. This movie isn't going to have conflict. <laughs> like, because it's a series of music videos. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Which is okay, because like. There are certain things that I just get tired of. Like when the when the friend is doing her ice uh, skating competition and I was like, she better not fall because it's just a tiring trope. I mean, granted, granted this movie is, ooh, what is this? Well, 37 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just realized it's a 37 year old movie. So that, but the, I just feel like that was irritating. I guess it was to, to build up her character. Yep. Um, Yep. What a crazy movie. Yeah. I think it's one of those movies that I think people like and they reference without thinking about it any deeper. Like, I liked this movie. Yeah. I liked it on a visual level. And are we ready to go to favorite things or anything like that? Favorite things. What are your favorite things in this movie, Shulia? Her clothes. I love the big the, coats. Those are fun. Um, the big sweatshirt is just so comfy and practical, and I love it. And um, the tuxedo that she's wearing when they're eating lobster. And, like, I was like, this is such a silly outfit. Like, why are you wearing this outfit at this date? And then you see what he's wearing, and it's like, yeah, it's he's not wearing one. Like, you're wearing one. And then she takes the jacket off, and it's just that. I was like, I love this. I, I love this woman. I feel like I, I can answer her. this question for you, because I feel like that was a flex. Like it was intended, at least on the movie's part, to be like when the wife comes up and she's acting all like superior and blah, 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 blah. And so she pulls off the jacket yeah. and she's like, oh, I'm beautiful. I'm fit. <laughs> and you can see the demeanor of the wife changes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh. It was perfect. And like, I just, I, I love, I love her. Um, second favorite thing is the music. Um, like I cannot hear that song, What a Feeling, and not want to dance. Like, it's so empowering and, like, I'm not a big fan of 80s music, but that song is, I, I, today when we were, or I was watching it, I, like, I got up and I'm just, like, dancing around the living room. The cats are just, like, (laughs) what's going on? Um, But, yeah, no, it's the music. And it did win a Oscar. Um, So I'm not the only one who likes it. Um, And then final favorite thing, similar to the, um, music is just like the influences so do you remember um in tommy boy when they're spraying him down with a hose and he starts like running in place and he's like i'm a maniac maniac." (laughs) and like i just all of the references the like the pop culture references from flash dance like this 
this movie is an iconic movie and I, I really love that about it. What about you, Tim? What's your favorite thing? Um, probably Jessica Biel. Um, I'm sorry, Jennifer Biel, not Jessica Biel. Jennifer Biel's probably just as a character, even though they didn't give her, a, I thought, I thought they could have given her more interesting things to do, but I liked her character sort of being this really spunky kid who's trying to like chase her dreams and um, treated her dance like art. You know, well, I appreciated that. And it's just, it's, the music is good. It's kind of, it's, you're sort of in and out as you're not there for long to get right to the story. They don't waste a lot of time. There's not some crazy backstory or anything weighing down the film. No extra n- unnecessary drama weighing down the film. It's not. It's I mean, a- honestly, it could have probably benefited from some of it. No, no. <laughs> okay. Not the it's, drama, but the backstory. Like it's, it's ridiculous in the most 80s way, but like it's still a fun movie. And and we'll get to influences later, but like when you were talking about like this the sweater she wears, like that's a style that's stuck around for decades. Like yeah. Halloween, you'll see people dress. Even my friend Camille was telling me she dresses. This is her favorite movie. She dresses Jessica Biel like for Halloween. Like it's a thing that's been around. So it's it's crazy to watch that film and see things that are still sort of last You're, time. You still got Jessica Biel on your on your mind. I know Jennifer. Biel. Jen Jennifer Beals. <laughs> Jennifer Beals, not Jessica. Their names are too similar. My fault. But you're right. You are absolutely right. Uh, Kendall, what about you? What's your favorite thing? Um, well, I guess I'm going to be redundant, but I think that uh, Alex as a character, I mean, I think she saves this movie from being worse. Her energy <laughs> um, is great. So, and I, I guess I'll tell one story or, or just point out one thing is I was just watching this movie. I'm like, okay, well, this is fun. This is you know, I actually was looking away from a whole lot of the dancing, but um, when we got to the part where she was doing the, um, what do you call it, the, the tryout for the dancing school, um, she fell at the beginning, which, you know, makes sense because of the way the movie is, but she's going around and doing the whole dance and all of this, and at one point she lands a certain way, and I expected her to land one way, but she slides a little more, and I felt a little jump in my heart because I thought she was going to fall. And that's at that point I realized that she had actually got they had got me invested in her character. I was right. like I felt a little goofy for a second. I was like, oh, I don't want her to fall. <laughs> you care about her. Yeah. So, anyways, I think like I said, I don't know if Demi Moore could have pulled this off or the other actress, but I think they got precisely the right person for it. Yeah. Yeah. Could they remake this movie? Yeah. I feel like they did. Any yeah, they probably those, like, have dance been for the last. In the 90s. Like Honey. <laughs> I want to dance. All these other movies. <laughs> yeah. It's my life away. Yeah, it's kind of been done a bunch. Well, like Shalia was saying, I was looking for the conflict and I was like, oh, is she going to be dancing too modern or too hip or something like that? And they're going to be, oh, actually, I'll say that scene was one of my favorites too because everybody was kind of like, okay, another applicant. Okay, oh, she already fell. And then uh, they did a really good job of as the as her audition continued to go, everybody subtly started to show more interest, and that interest started to build up. Um, 
all the way up to the remember the guy started blowing his nose and i was like, okay this is too much but otherwise people were tapping their feet it's um, a music video. yeah <laughs> I, it, it is but it was how do i say the timing the build-up it wasn't too yeah. much it wasn't too it really showed that she was actually to them something special and so i was what, like oh, okay cool can i, I want to go back to something you said you said you don't think that alex and this guy last why not why don't, why don't, why don't they last as a couple one of the two gets bored of each other. She gets bored of him. She's 18, I, has all this energy, and it's like, I'm I can't say for sure because either he, he finds another 18 year old or she gets bored with him because if she becomes successful, she is going to want somebody who's not 50. Like, I just don't get the impression that this is, which is okay, actually, right? Like, not all relationships are supposed to end, like, go forever. They're like, phases in people's lives their experiences their this or that but i don't i don't see this as a happily not not happily ending in wedding bells sort of story i think they both get something from their experience together and they go their separate ways at some point yeah yeah i think i think that's probably right like the things that he's interested in with her are things that you know, he, I mean, they might grow together, but he's, he, his dream is that steel mill and that's not her dream, right? Like she's going to end up traveling or doing stuff. Well, she's going to get very focused. Like if this is as prestigious uh, dancing school as it seemed like it was, she has to get very focused. So she, so she might not be able to spend as much time doing what he wants to do. Um, she like, as she gets older and becomes more focused, she might not have the spunk that he liked. Um, there's all, I, just, I can just imagine all types of things. Yeah. Yeah. If his wife had left him, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't feel so sure about it. But the fact that he left his wife, I'm just like, yeah, when she gets stressed out from school and she's not sleeping and she's all crying and stuff yeah. and he gets bored with it, I can uh, imagine. Yeah. Does she, does she cry at all? In the, she cries once in this movie. What mm -hmm. was she crying about? Following her dreams. Well, it was because her friend died. Well, she does that, but like she, when they're um, on their date, she's crying about like whether to go to school or not. Okay. Well, when the waterworks come more frequently, that's <laughs> gonna be, that's gonna be another thing. Yeah, yeah, I think that's gonna be tough. So, in terms of influences, are there others that we haven't touched on yet? Music videos. All kind of stuff, yeah. Well, that audition scene, right? You're like, that is music video. And it's like, yeah, yeah, how many have we seen that way? Like, this is this is the one. This is But, but the... I, mean, I mean, actual people reenacting the opening of the film. Exactly. Like, we've seen that a bunch. Like, if you're, if you're doing a film now and you want to establish that this woman is a sex symbol, you do the flash dance scene. That's just, you don't have to say a word. She can come out and do flash dance and it's fine. You guys, we just did... Um, do the right thing. That yeah. whole opening with Rosie Perez. Yeah. Dancing. Was basically a music video. She oh, yeah. did that for eight. That took eight hours to film. I believe it. <laughs> he was like, I want it to be, what did he say? Gritty or something? Like, yeah. More or mad. Street. I want you to be mad. More street. Yeah. That took eight hours for her to record that. Um, did we mention last week? So um, the song, right? The song here is amazing and was made for this and got, got an, uh, awards for it. Yeah. Um, did we mention that Fight the Power was an anthem for Do the Right Thing? 
Like I thought we did. Did we, we mention that out loud? I, I'm not sure if we said it out loud, but um, yeah, that like Spike Lee asked Public Enemy, like, "Hey, I need a I need a song for this." Ended up showing it to them so they could like make what? it, and yeah. So in That's terms of like movies, movies can make I think the the best songs like. You can have a song that comes out and you're like, that's amazing. But when it's tied to some visual story, right. I guess that's why music videos are so good, right? I have two words for you. Gangsta's Paradise. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> that video where she just walks up, turns the chair around and sits. Don't just... remind me of that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Because the last song I had heard from him was Fantastic Voyage. Yeah. Um, so going back to the audition uh, one, though, um, there one of my favorite moments, You have you watched the show Pose? I've never watched Pose, but my sister loves it. It's really good. It, it is. It's really, really fun. We should actually consider doing an episode on it just because it is based in the 80s. Um, but there is a scene with an audition and that scene, like, I don't, I think I might have cried during it. Like it was, it was so good. And it's very similar to this of yeah. like, I'm going to come in and do my kind of music a little different mm-hmm. and show like my heart and like, the, like I'm dancing for my life, but I feel it. Anyway, it's so good. Right. Dancing for your life. Don't stop dancing because you might die. <laughs> I don't want to don't, don't need that. Oh, oh my goodness. So Ebert did a a review. Um it said great sound and flash dance signifying nothing. And I was like, that I mean he, we we've said before he's right. Like that's pretty that's kind of right. Yeah, pretty accurate. Um pretty good. And then uh what was the other thing I wanted to look up? Oh, apparently Kevin Costner auditioned for the role, the love interest role. I, I think that would have been better because he wouldn't have been so much older and distracting to me. He's such a wooden actor. Yeah, um, yeah this guy was basically a jaw. Ooh. He was a nice guy, and I'm glad that he tried to protect her. It just, the actor, he weren't her boss. Yeah, it was, it was not good. The character's fine. The acting was not great. Oh, this is it. the first line of the song. First, when there's nothing but a slow, glowing dream. What wonderful lyrics. This is a, it's a wonderful... Do you guys love the song like I love the song? No, I do not. not no. I, I mean, I really like the song, but like, it's not going through my head like that. It's not, yeah. making, it's not making that in my playlist. It makes me feel empowered. Which is just so silly because you're just dancing. No, but it no. feels that way. If it does, that's very important. Um, other influences? That's it for me. Do you guys remember when we did, I'm trying to find it right now and I'm not finding it. Do you guys remember when we did Tango and Cash? Yeah, Cash? We did. And Terry Hatcher is a stripper. Does she have a fake flash dance scene? Does she pull a bucket of like glitter onto herself i wouldn't be surprised like it's in a bunch of stuff like it's it's a way to establish that the woman who's in the film is a sex symbol is doing the flash dancing i wouldn't i wouldn't be surprised that we sort of have seen it so much in our culture our pop culture that we sort of 
are numb to it. We're like, oh, you're establishing this woman is sexy because you, she danced and she poured a bucket. Didn't JLo do it for some music video she was in? She, well, she did one like that was an actual homage to, like she did a video with like a whole bunch of scenes from Flashdance. Yeah, and didn't Tiana Taylor did it, I think. It's just- so this is my first time seeing the movie. So now when I see other movies, I think I'll see the influences more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure. So by the way, we forgot to rate uh, do the right thing last week. Oh. Any chance somebody said that we were past it? <laughs> I dare you. I dare you to say we're past it. <laughs> Frank Lee's got a little too much dip on his chip. I'm past <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Nah. Oh my goodness. So yeah, that's a classic. What do you think about this one? Oh, I hope I hope though in 30 years we will be past it. Like, you know, when we talk about modern films, we're, we say, like, will we be past it in 30 years? Do the right thing. Like, past the film. I don't think. We I will never be, be past, past the it. film. But, like, just, you know. Because think about, like, you don't want to be past even something like Mississippi Burning, for instance, right? right. Like, even if the issues get solved, the movie's message is powerful enough that I wouldn't want to get past it in 90 years. Yeah. Hannibal Burris made a good point the other day in a, in a podcast, and they were asking him about NBA, and they've got these social justice statements on their jerseys. And the point he made is something I had not considered, which was 20 years from now when they're watching NBA classics and there's equality on the back of somebody's jersey, someone's going to be like, hey, why is there equality on his jersey? And you're going to have to have the conversation. You're going to have to talk about what was happening during 2020. So it's, it's good. Well, on top of that, the throwback, since throwback jerseys are such a thing, like there's going to be a lot that have that on it. Yeah. Um, okay. So sticking with this, one other thing that I did is I watched Mulan last night and we were talking about that in the context of like, it's the beginning scenes where she's like, what am I going to be? And Oh, I, I, you know, she failed her matchmaker um, <laughs> audition. And my sister was just like, you know, kids right now, like they're not going to understand this concept of like a woman can't do whatever she wants to do. Um, or like in like generations, like how dated this movie will feel to be like, wait, women couldn't do things. They couldn't have jobs. Are they were supposed sure? to just marry. Because that, that movie takes place so long ago. So long. So it's a historical thing. And like what was funny is, and like women can't serve in the military. Um, and then how weird, right? Like, because one of my cases is transgender military ban. And so like Mulan is, I mean, she's not transgender, but she is like, that that's not allowed right but what's so funny is um so we were thinking that and then here comes my five-year-old niece who is more perplexed because they don't have electricity um and my sister trying to explain to her why she's painting on her hand and like how they didn't like we haven't always had computers we haven't always had electricity we don't have just you can't watch tv and her like not understanding this concept of like why don't they have TV? Right. And I mean, like, because they didn't have it yet. So it's just a really interesting, like, I don't know. I'm just thinking about that in, in 30 years. I'm, I, yes, we should be learning our history. And I guess my point was going back to do the right thing is like, hopefully that is history, right? Mm-hmm. Not right. still present day. Are you guys ready to rank this movie? Yes. Yeah. Flashdance 1983 with the Jennifer Beals. Is it a classic or are we past it? Classic. Classic. 
it's a classic. I think the story we might be past, but that movie itself is a classic. I don't think it's about the story. <laughs> it's not. It's not about the story. No. Um, okay. Well, speaking of stories, what do you guys want to do next? I think we're going to go with Malcolm X, right? We can. Yeah. You want to do Malcolm X? That was the discussion. Yeah. Tim, you down to do Malcolm X? Fine with me. Okay. We're going to do it next week. When? Kendon, what will we be? <laughs> we'll be back. comes true just one time it can change your life for all time